my. Oh my. Is, is God awesome or is God awesome? Take the hand of that person who's standing with you. It's providential. It's in the scheme of God. It's in the will of God. You are standing in the place where God wants you to be. So I want to be faithful to say what he says so you can hear what he wants you to hear. And in hearing, you do. And God gets the glory. Amen. For your word, we give you praise. For your presence, Lord, we're so grateful. And we thank you, Lord, for launching us, directing us. Take us as an arrow out of your quiver and shoot us directly into your purpose. Thank you, Lord, that your hand is the hand that's been upon us. And Lord, we yield to you. We open our hearts to you. May your word feed us, direct us, correct us, inspire us, Lord. Do so, we pray, that Jesus might be glorified and that Satan might be horrified. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Clap your hands to him like your hands are on fire because the king of glory deserves all of it. I bless your name, Lord. I exalt you above all else. You are the first and you are the last. Hallelujah. Our beginning and our ending. Let the church say amen. One more time, hug somebody because you're going to need them this year. Whoever you're hugging, you're going to need this year. You're going to need them this year. You're going to need them this year. You're going to need them this year. I was, uh, in the, I was in the middle of worship, and the Lord spoke to me, and I want to I wanted to tell you what he said to me. And you might want to write this down. I, felt, I feel like what he said is worthy of writing down. He said, everything that you need to accomplish his will in, two, in 2020, you already have. Everything you need to accomplish the will of God for your life in 20, you already have. You have to take hold of it and operate it. Everything you need. And if you've not talked to God about what you want or where you want to go or what you want to accomplish or you want what you want him to do for you, you need to begin this day. For prayers that are not answered, for the most part, because they've never been prayed. Things that God wants to do through you have not happened because you need to have the courage to take the first step. So I don't want you to miss out because this is a strategic time all over our nation. I know you're sensing this intensity that's developing in our neighborhoods, in our schools, at your workplace, on the political scene. On the economic scene, it's amazing what's happening right now. Even throughout the nations, we're teeter-tottering on the brink of something. And 2020 is catapulting us forward into God's purpose. And for you to be able to see and understand, then you need to have, I'm asking the Lord for you, and I pray that you ask him, Lord, give me a heart to obey you, give me ears to hear you, give me those spiritual eyes to see what must happen. In doing so, God, you're going to see the Lord manifest himself like never before. 
is the time. This is your hour. This is the time. This is your hour. But you must give intense focus to God. You must decide that, Lord, you're my everything. I want to encourage you to make him your first part. Make him your first breath when you wake up. Make him your first part of the day. Mm. Make him the last thing, last person you speak to before you sleep. May when you come out of your sleep, that conversation in your spirit that you're having with the Lord, may, may you discern what's going on. May you not wake up one day unprepared for what God wants. I want your life to be on purpose and not an accident. And those of you that have been struggling to hear God's voice and struggling to feel like you're on course, I want you to end that struggle today. When I'm through with this, I'm not sure how much of it I'll be able to get through. But when I'm through, I believe God will help usher you into that place of sensitivity where, my God, I'm, I'm hearing God again. You've never been more excited in your life than when you know God is talking to you. And you've never been more miserable and bored when, you, when God's not talking to you or you don't perceive what God is saying. There's nothing in your life that can excite, excite you and thrill you more than knowing that God is with you and that you're doing the will of God. Will you say amen? So I want to, uh, I want to be faithful to this. It's a very strange passage of Scripture, strange in that it's not one that I hear preached about much. It's not one that I hear coming from the lips of great orders. It's not a, a common, uh, happy, um, motivating message that I hear spoken from the pulpit, particularly from this passage. But I believe the Lord would speak to us today about it. We, 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 we've been coming out of 2019 and God started talking to us about what it really means. In fact, the, the book of Luke is full of this message. Sometimes it's a bit hidden, but it's full of the message of something you need. By the way, when I said you have everything you need for 2020, this is one of the things that you need in 2020 to accomplish. And the word is generosity. Tell your neighbor, you need to be more generous. And to and, so I'm and, give me a big and, and, okay, this is the big one. I'm, I'm hoping that God will help me with this. You need to accept your ministry. Tell them what I said. You need to accept your ministry. Now look over the, over the aisle somewhere and say, have you accepted the ministry God has for you? Or are you just mooching off of God? I just come to get blessed. It's so easy for God to bless you, but it's not easy to keep it. Unless you're involved in the two things I want to speak about this morning, and that is the heart, a heart that's pervasive with generosity and ministry. You're going to need that. It will shape and, and it will color everything you do this year. So this is, the, this is an instance where Jesus is with his disciples. It's an amazing thing. And uh, isn't it, it raises this issue of jealousy on the inside of us sometimes when we feel like we have it all. And the Lord 
is speaking in John, uh, John says, man, Lord, we saw this man trying to drive out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he's not one of us. Our, our whole nation is full of this. You're not one of us. The Lord wants to change that. And uh, just because they may not be in your camp doesn't mean they're not for God. Okay, I'll do it. I, I, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Y'all, just stretch your hand out toward me a little bit. Just go ahead. Stretch, you're going to need to stretch it out. Stretch it out toward me. Just because you don't like the president doesn't mean he's not in your camp. If some of you would like some, some, some other facts and figures that come to me, I got plenty of them for you to help you. But I do. It's my conviction that God is using the person in the White House right now to help the church get in a position to do what we must do. Regardless, he may not talk the way we want him to talk or his language may not be what some of you sanctified folks uh, want it to be, even though you, you're saying the same things under your breath. But we won't talk about that at another time. Uh, he might not have the, 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 the suave. The, I, mean, I know he's not. Uh, I know he's not tall, slim, and, and, and brown skinned with a slick lip. I know that, but Lord have mercy. If you, if you pay attention to the scripture, it gives us some instructions about how we ought to be praying for the person in the first office. That's not, it has nothing to do with my message, but I mean it right now. But, but, but I, I just want you, to, I want you to tap in and say, take your mouth off of God's designated appointee. Mm. Uh, I saw people cringe. I saw people go, but that's another subject. I, having said that, I hope you can receive this. The three things that I want to talk with you about this morning, and, and they're three separate but related things. And um, I need help to do it because it could be three whole different messages, but I, I, I'm trying to combine them into one thing that I want you to walk out of here with this understanding that this word generosity has a whole lot more to do with than money. Most when you say generous, first thing you think about is money. But, but I, I, I tell you, gener generosity goes far beyond our finances. Are you there, saints? And, um, and because of that, I, I, I want you to uh, consider genero the generosity of service, the generosity of discipleship, and the generosity of costly grace. I want to share those three things with you as briefly as I can because I want to set you up for your success in 2020. You are not a robot. It's amazing when you, when you, you notice when you're online and you're going to buy something or join something, a little sign to come and say, or I am not a robot. Anybody seen that? And, and if you don't check it, you don't get to go further. <laughs> we are not a robot. We think God wants you and I in the middle of what he's doing and wants you to be on the field, not at home or not out of the game. God wants to involve you with what he's doing around the world and specifically in our city and more specifically in your sphere of influence. God is ready to use you 
as never before. And many of you are thinking, well, God, I need you first to bless me. I need you to help me. I'm hurting so bad. How can I help somebody else? Look at your neighbor and say, if you get in the business, tell them, if you get in the business of helping somebody else, you'll find yourself helped. This is true. This, this, this is true. And so Jesus is talking to his disciples and he comes upon this situation where he sees, they see others preaching, but they're not with them and they want to exclude them. Now, those three things that I named, service and discipleship and grace, um, are in the order, but I'm going to take them backwards when I share this with you. I want to go backwards. Again, I'll do the best I can with what I've got. So I want to start with the generosity of service. Because God knows too, min, too much, too many of the body of Christ is sitting at the distribution line. Help me. Feed me. Just bless me, Jesus. Nothing wrong with being blessed. But God wants to move us beyond that. And all the people said amen to that. So I'm going to start with service. Now, this is where Jesus sends out his apostles to do three things. Now, um, if, you, if, you, if you, you don't have to turn there, but in Luke 9, he sends out his apostles, that is his 12, he sends them out and gives them some specific things to do. Are you still with me? In fact, he gives them three things to do. I want you to preach the gospel. I want you to cast out demons. And I want you to heal the sick. By the way, he did not say, Jesus didn't say, um, I'm going to heal the sick. He was already doing that. But he, he said to his disciples, I want you to heal the sick. Put your hand on your neighbor and say, Jesus wants you to heal the sick. I know, I know, I know. He wants you to cast out demons. He wants you to preach. I know some of you are like, oh my God, don't touch me. Yeah, get him, grab him by the shoulders. And he wants you to be the preacher. You to be the one that's casting out. Oh, hallelujah. Serious for real? I thought that was for preachers. Tell your neighbor, you're the preacher. And it's, it's amazing that at the top of, uh, at the top of, Luke 10, he is dis, he's, he's been teaching, they've been watching, they've been with him, they've been closely observing him, and now the time comes for him to send them. But I want you to note something, please. It's kind of interesting. Um, in Luke chapter 10, verses 1 and 2, look at that. It says, when Jesus called the 12 together, he gave them, that was Luke, okay, when he called, uh, excuse me, when Luke 10, he, uh, 10, he says, after this, after this, the Lord appointed how many? Luke chapter 10, verse, what does it say, how many? Actually, my, my verse is 72. 72 others to send them out. At the end of the reading, in chapter 10, first couple of verses, Jesus did to the 72 what he did to the 12. Gave them the same assignment. Just look, read down a little further. You'll see he gave them the exact same assignment. I used to wonder, Lord, why would you choose 72? Why would you have that written? Why would it be, why would it be in the scripture? 
And the Bible says he sent them ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them the harvest is plentiful. Look at your neighbor and say, the harvest is plentiful. But the workers are few. So the Lord is sending out. He's doing what he's asking them to pray for. He's sending out labors into the harvest. Mm. So looking at generosity, it's kind of amazing that the Lord demonstrates his generosity by commissioning 72 others to do what he was teaching his 12 to do. Wasn't just the clergy. Wasn't just the priest. Wasn't just the appointed, official, elected members of the board. There's people like you and me. It's kind of amazing when I think about it because today we have digressed to a place where the only people who get involved in this kind of stuff is the people at the pulpit. That's their work. Look at your neighbor and say, eh, wrong, your work. <laughs> your work. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an awesome thing. Because to, to, to preach, the word means to persuade the mind of the truth. To cast out demons. Another way of saying it, he wants to liberate souls from the things that enslave them. How many of you know people that are enslaved with stuff? And to heal the sick means to sustain the needs of hurting physical bodies. I want to tell you, I don't know what it is, but for some reason or another, I have seen more sick folk than ever before in my life. And I've had the opportunity to be in the hospital more than I want to be, and thank God, not because I'm sick, but they're visiting. I want to tell you, I've never seen anything like it in my life. The week before Christmas, I was up at, up at, Kennesaw Hospital. I couldn't believe it. It was packed out. And you know, Kennesaw tends to culturally become a little more vanilla. But I walked in there and there was chocolate folk everywhere from wall to wall. I was amazed. And I said, what is, what's going on? People had masks on, you know. <laughs> I said, uh-oh. <laughs> they said, oh, she, she said, come this way, sir. Come this way. Out so you won't have to go through the through the the emergency room, come this way because I was there to, to, to be with somebody. And, and when, it, when we had finished our visit, they, they escorted us out. They said, come on, we don't let you go out this way so you don't have to go where the, because where the, we have this outbreak of the flu. Well, I just want you to know, I, this, I just want you to know, I, I got too much to do to catch anything, amen. So I'm not walking, I don't put mask on, not because I don't think it's safer, but it's just because I, I know something about Jesus that's more powerful than mask covering your face. I wish somebody would say amen to that. And, and so, uh, I, and, and here we are, with, by the way, if the Lord wants you and I to be involved with the sick, then tap your neighbor and say, he can't afford for you to get sick while you helping the sick. So obviously he's going to help you. Why 72? Check this out. See, if you go to Genesis, if you go to, don't go to Genesis, but if you go to Genesis after the flood in chapter 9, write it down, you can check it out later. In chapter 9 of Genesis, at Genesis after the flood, they, they rehearsed the generations. In chapter 10, after the flood, there were 70 
72 people groups that they named. Mm -hmm. 72 nations that, that were after the flood. So the word 72 came to mean a completeness of the human race. The, the church actually used uh, this term 72 to refer to all the peoples of the nations. It became common use in those days. That if you, if you were talking 72, you meant all of the people types on the face of the earth. It's no accident that Jesus calls out 72. And, and, and we know that 12 is a governmental number, but 72 represents the nations. And so Jesus actually was commissioning in type. He was commissioning those to be the prototype. And what he's saying is I want every nation to be involved in the restoration. I want every nation to be involved in what I'm doing. This is not something you have to go to seminary for. This involvement of service has nothing to do with how many Bible degrees you have. In fact, I want to tell you, those of you who have a Bible degree, it just tells me where you are right now because you're sitting there in the pew and you ain't doing nothing with the degree. I'm not telling you a Bible, a Bible uh, degree is bad. I'm not saying that. But unfortunately, what has happened in the church is we educate people in the word of God and we educate the power of God out of their lives. So if you know to do and you don't do what you know to do, then you end up under a, a heavier condemnation. Jesus, when he grabbed 72 people and, he's, and he said, I want you to go out, he says, here's all the commission they need. I want you to go out. Here's what I want you to do. I want you, <laughs> I want you to pray for the sick. You know, how many of you know that you don't, have, you don't have to have a license to go in the hospital and pray for people? I'm not telling you that right now. I don't want them to lock you up. But, but I'm, I'm, how many of you know you don't have to have a license to go into, you don't? If somebody's having a problem, if somebody's having a fit and, and demons start manifesting, you don't have to have a college degree. You don't have to have a seminary degree to cast out demons. I'm, I'm sorry I can't get no love this morning. Hey, you know, clap your hands anyway because you know I'm talking to you, right? Okay, you don't. But Jesus said, I, I want you... I want to send you, he said, to send them out on a mission. The word send is misio, which really means mission. I'd like to, I'd like to say to you today that one of the things that, that the body of Christ is lacking is personal mission. If you don't have a personal mission, all you can do is set a financial goal. And when you reach your financial goal, then what do you have? If I take all your goals and dreams and I look at them and I read them off and you achieve every single one of them, then what do you have? If you, if you drive the car you want to drive, if you live in the home that you want to live in with the arches everywhere, 25, 30 foot ceilings, Crown molding everywhere. Thank you, Jesus. Two sinks in the kitchen. Two sinks in the bathroom. One on one side, one on her side. Thank you, Jesus. If you have your shower that's integrated on the side with four 
four spouts coming down. So you, every way you turn, you got water coming. You know, if you have one of those, you know, if 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 you if you if, Lord help me, if you if you can if you can walk out on your patio and dive in your heated pool that's covered. Oh my God! Oh my God! If you can walk out the kitchen, out the back door, and walk into the garage, and there in the garage, you have your, somebody said Tesla, yo, show you right, show you right, it's one of my aspirations, show you right, Tesla, the one with the two engines, the one that's fast, from zero to 60 in 3.8 seconds, that's what I want, my hair is gray, but uh, I still like to go fast, amen, if you have all your dreams, if you have everything, tap in there said, he didn't say there was anything wrong with your dream. Tell him what I said. And thank God we live in a nation where we can dream. It's not that way every place in the world. But if you have all of your things, all the things you want, you've got, now you, you've finally broken open and your business is now flourishing. And you, and you have sales coming in and you no longer have to solicit for sales. You know, your product is so good, people are just searching after you. Now you got to work on production. And quality and just raking in the money. Lord have mercy. How many of you say, Oh, thank you, Jeff. I want that amen. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. It's just coming in, just coming in. You have to open up another bank account. Now you gotta hire a personal public accountant to keep keep your taxes straight. Are y'all do you hear what I'm saying? I like you, I feel you. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Isn't it great to be able to reach in your in your pocket and walk into any store in America and be able to buy anything you want to buy? And walk out and don't have a thing in your hand. It's a, it's a great feeling. It's an, it's an amazing feeling. Nothing wrong with that, but if you can accomplish all of that, whew, and you, you have everything you desire, and then what? Look, I'm, please don't hear this wrong. There are only so many cruises you can go on. Thank God for cruises! <laughs> Honey, how many cruises have we been on, baby? We don't... 15, no, 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 no. We in the 20s. We got to be in the 20s. We got to be, thank you, we probably more in the 30s. Over these years, oh, I like the cruise. One reason why I like the cruise, beloved, is because, you know, everything's included. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Anybody with me today? Man, you know, and, and you know what I like about the cruise? You know, anytime you want to eat something, you can eat it. Anytime of the day, evening, the night. It can be 3 o'clock in the morning. You can get up and you don't have to go to the refrigerator. You go out there and, and, and fix you. They always got something available. Cruises are amazing, amazing. Whew. I used to put on about 10 pounds every cruise. <laughs> I love cruises. I really do. They're, they're, in fact, we have a dream. And one of our dreams is that do a, to, do a, uh, to, to do that cruise on the, on the, on the yacht. Yeah, we only have a, 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 a few couples. Now, all the couples are with you. You invite it, and it's a yacht and you have your own skipper and your own crew. You feel me? Yeah. I have another dream. I have another dream. I, I think it would be awesome to start at the top of Maine with your own cruiser and cruise, do a coastline cruise all the way down from Maine all the way down to the tip, southern tip of Florida. And every other day you stop and get off and shop and play golf. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. 
I can work with that. I can work with that. And I, I, I like the idea of being able to have a new outfit every day. <laughs> yeah, and then when the cruise is over, then what? If you can fly anywhere you want to fly, first class, everything served. A seat wide enough, Lord have mercy, where you don't have to smell the marijuana in the braids of the person next to you. Do you feel me? Do you understand what I'm saying? When it, well, I mean, it's amazing. I love to fly, and I don't, but I don't like to fly, you know, an 18-hour flight with my knees in the back of the seat of somebody in, in front of you, and they decide to put it back and crack your knees in the process, right? I don't, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a fan, but you know what? If you have enough money, tell you anything. If you got enough money, you can change all that. I want to thank God that he's blessed us. How many of you, you know God has blessed you financially? You know you're not, you're not now where you were before. You're in a different situation. And, but you have to keep asking the question for 2020. Now what? Flights will, will, can cease to, to, to thrill you. Cruises can cease to soothe you. You, you, can, you can accumulate what you, what you desire. But then what? I'd like to suggest to you that God has made you for the supernatural. That God has made you for the kingdom of God. That God has constructed you so that he could move and work through you. And nothing in your life is more incredibly powerful than when you know that God the creator is working through you to touch somebody else's life. You were made to serve in the kingdom of God. You weren't made to sit and just take notes. You were made to serve in the kingdom of God. You were made to be anointed by God. God calls you to be in the 72. That to send out to do the work of the Lord. Whether you do it in your home, whether you do it at the coffee shop, whether you do it in the break room at home, at, uh, on the job, or whether you do it in the back seat, on the, well, back seat, that has a different connotation. I don't think that came out quite right. I want you to raise your hand of God has delivered you from the back seat. Thank you, Jesus. Are y'all still breathing? He takes 72 and he sends them out because every believer should be in the service of God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, check this out. For we are God's workmanship. Created where? In Jesus Christ. For what purpose? To do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Have you ever thought about that? That before the creator allows you to come into this world, he already fixes specific activities, accomplishments for your life. There are, there are accomplishments with your name on it. Ephesians was, wasn't kidding about this. The word workmanship in Greek is the word poemo. It's the word we get poem from. 
It's a word which we get, this word, when we, when we talk about, I, I constructed a poem. Actually, a rap is actually a poem. You feel me? God has crafted us in such a way, in such a special way. Some, some of the translators say it this way. You are God's masterpiece. And by the way, I'm speaking directly to those of you who've been particularly gifted to write. And you need to understand that this is something that God does. You don't have to go far in the Old Testament to see when God creates you, he puts certain giftings inside of you, potentials inside of you. And you're not actually free and you're not actually fulfilled until you do them. And he's very specific when he speaks in Ephesians 2 and 10. When he says, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Why? To do good works. Tap your neighbor and say, God has some works for you to do. Some good works for you to do. And these good works God prepared before the foundation of the world. Before you ever got here. Look at your neighbor. If you, if you don't know the name, ask them their name. What is, if you don't know the name, ask them their name. They'll tell you the name. Have you got their name? Now, say their name. Lord, I got to clean that up too because you know when you say, say, your, say my name, Lord, have mercy. I'm not talking, about, I'm not there. I'm not there. Say their name and say, Jody, John, say their name. God has works for you to do. Say their name again. God has already created these works. Some of you, all you got to do is step in that work and agree with God. Lord, help us. In 2020, you got to come in fully to what God has already prepared for you to do. Now, now grab somebody's hand and as you pray with me, say, Lord, reveal to my, my brother, my sister. Lord, reveal the works that you have prepared for them to do. Your gifts, your talent, your skill. Some people, only your hands can reach. The stuff you've been through, the things that you have suffered, the pain you've endured is for no reason at all. God was working on his masterpiece. That's called you. And God was working on you because there's somebody else out there that God wants you to touch and that you can relate to out of the pain, out of the problem you've already come through. If you're not happy, if you're not joyful, it's because you're not stepping in them works. Those prepared special works that fit me, fit my personality, fit my journey, fit all I've gone through, fit my emotional, my emotional problem. God is working on me so I can be in his works. Clap your hands if you hear what I'm saying to you. In 2020, you got to get the work, like tap your neighbor, tell them, you got to get the work done in 2020. I know you floated in 19. You floated, you gloated, you bloated in 19, in 2019. But now you got to rise and you got to participate in the work that God has for you to do. 
I, I never forget as a young kid in watch night service, my, my elders would always say, don't let him catch you with your work undone. Something that God specifically, this is not a joke, God has something specific, some people that only you can reach. But if you, if you stay on your cruise, thank God for cruises. If you stay on your flight, thank God for flights. If you stay in your house, your beautiful mansion, if you stay in there and you don't get involved in the work, I promise you those walls will get boring. That flight will get uncomfortable and that cruise will start to rock back and forth. God was so animate about this when one of his servants that he arranged, he arranged a deep sea trip in the mouth of a whale. Because God had something for him to do. And everybody was shook up on the boat until Jonah finally ended up in that belly. It was in that belly. It's a powerful story. In that belly is when he cried out to God. And, and, and you know, he, he, he didn't want to get involved. In fact, he didn't even like the, Lord, here we go. He didn't even like the people God was sending him to. And look at your neighbor one more time. Preach to him for me. Would you say, God's going to send you to somebody that don't even look like you. <laughs> don't even talk like you. Don't even dress like you. In fact, don't be shocked at the thing you can't stand you get sent to. God starts putting one of them long-haired, hemp, <laughs> long-haired, hemp, smoke-filled dreads down to the floor. Put them in your life and that becomes your assignment. Lord have mercy. I know you're sitting, you got several seats sitting between you. By the way, that's not going to be that way. God's filling this house over and over again. Don't let, the, don't let the losses of 2019 keep you from the gains in 2020. Don't let the losses of 2019 keep you from the gains in 2020. If you want the gains that God wants for you, the first thing Jesus, he, what he speaks to when he's with the disciples is that there is a generosity of service that God is sending you to. Yeah, that's right. People that can relate to where you have been. Some hands are only to be held by your hands because your hands have been through so much hell. And the hell those hands he wants you to hold have been through the same hell. And only you, the same three things. I want you to preach the gospel. I want you to deal with, bring deliverance to their souls. Lord have mercy. Bring healing to their bodies. And the problem is you think you have to do it. Tap your neighbor and say, no, it's Christ working in you. Come on, say, it's Christ working in you. But you have to be the touchstone. You have to be the touch. You have to be the touch point. You have to be the person that's connected in their lives. By the way, if you feel like you just won't, if you feel like what some of the old folks would say, Negroes and flies. You, you understand what I'm talking about? You, um, if, 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 if that's the way you feel, then the Lord wants to deliver you from that today. Amen. 
I, I want to say to you, I, I can't go much further my time. You, isolation, isolation is, is isolation is one of the characteristics of the body of Christ. And, and isn't it amazing to me that the spirit of isolation, me, myself, and I, isn't it amazing that that thing has come on the body of Christ? And so to soothe our conscience, we have one gathering during the week and maybe during, and, and, and a gathering on the weekend and the rest of the time, I just want to be by myself, my own car. I just want to be in my own apartment with my own TV, with my own Pat's Blue Ribbon. I just want to be, you know, I... Tap in and say, what is that? Leave me alone. You know, you, we, we just want to be bars. I believe that God is calling. Tap your neighbor, preach for me. So I believe God is calling us out of our isolation into the kingdom of God. Look, the day of you pawning ministry off on somebody else is over. It's over. Now, you can say, well, I, <laughs> you can't make me. No, I wouldn't even try to make you. I know somebody who got your number. And some of you, he been ringing that number because you are flat miserable. And you can't even find satisfaction. And the things that you used to find satisfaction in now make you guilty. And now you got to choose. You're going to live in guilt or you're going to do what God said. A lot of people are just kind of hung up in their own world trying to be alone, trying to just make it. I said, you know, my own program. I got my own iPhone. iPad. iEarphones. Y'all there? Because in this culture we're in, it, it focuses on division and isolation. And Jesus said, not only did he call the 72, which represents the nation, he sent them two by two. He wouldn't even send them out by themselves. He wanted to make sure he at least had a partner with you. Generosity is that quality that declares I have been touched by God. Generosity is that, is, that, is that characteristic that says, I know God. How do I know God? Because you know, I, can, I can give. I can distribute. And I don't have to have anything in return. Because he is enough. I want you to bow your heads. I know I'm going backwards on this passage. That's okay. But generosity of service is a really big deal. Now, some of you have the gift of serving. It's, it's, it's particularly in your character to serve. And they, you are the most miserable when you're alone. You're the most miserable when you are caught up in your own world that you've created. You know, the own, the, your own comfortable world that that keeps all the negative out and brings in as much of what you want and the positive as possible. You, you're the ones that start looking at, as I, as, as I was doing recently, looking at how many years have passed. <laughs> what is that to God? 
who holds eternity in his hands. You, you, you evaluate what hasn't happened instead of what God is ready to make happen. Ministry, you have been called to, my friend. You are part of seven, too. And this, this, this area of generosity is a big deal. I don't have the time, so I'll, I'll stop it in a minute. We need to come back to get the rest because it gets, it gets heavier. Generosity of service. You can't, it's very difficult to serve until you have received. It's very difficult, if not impossible, to serve unless you have received the servant of all servants. Until Jesus, we're going to talk about the generosity of discipleship. Until you, it's hard to serve if you're not willing to be disciple. But Jesus is the one. You, you may be, you may be, you may feel safe that you know hell's flames will never touch you because of the righteousness of Jesus. But woe be unto you if you appear before God not having done the things that the Lord really assigned for you to do. I'm going to stop it right here and I'm going to ask you in the name of the Lord. You've just been out of it, just kind of, you know, and when you're hurting, when you're lacking, when you're lonely, when you're disappointed, when you're unfulfilled, the last thing you want to think about is service. Even though that thing is the answer to break you out of that situation. You start coming up with all kinds of excuses. I'm not trained. I don't have a degree. You sound like Moses. I can't speak. I don't have good English. And Jesus didn't ask for any of those things. Just ask for you. Ask for your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you would lay your hand on this house. Thank you that you would deliver us from the evil of isolation that you would take us from a lifestyle that majors on me, that would lift us above, that you would break us out, you would deliver us from fear, launch us into the greatest adventure in all the world, the adventure of your kingdom. I pray for them, Lord, today and for those who are honest enough to admit I need that and I want the Lord to help me with this, would you particularly anoint them today? In Jesus' name, amen.